You are listening to Lonely People, a friendship podcast. My name is Sen. And I'm Sari. And we have are back from another brief hiatus. <laughs> Me and Sari have very, very conflicting schedules. But um, this episode is titled, um, Why Was It Easier to Make Friends When You Were Younger? Why was it, Sari? It's a good question. I mean, the whole purpose of this podcast, I think, is because we've noticed that a lot of people our age are having a hard time making friends. And so then when we were talking about that, we were thinking, like, there didn't used to be, right? Like, when you were kids, everyone had friends. I didn't know any kids who didn't have friends. And that does, for the most part, anyway, seem to be true. Um, excepting maybe the modern generation who were in their homes for two years. But anyhow, um, yeah. So it's, a, it's an interesting question to look at, like, what changed? You know, how come we used to be able to do it, but now we're having troubles with it? Um, yeah, so from my perspective, anyway, I guess I definitely did have a kind of friendship that was easily available when I was young that I don't have now. And in my experience, I think that was because, like, I could boil it down to basically I was seen as an extension of my parents. And so that that benefited me in a couple of ways, like, in one way everything you do reflects more on your parents than on you. And so people aren't real critical of kids doing bad things or being difficult or whatever. Like if your kid's a little difficult, they can joke over for a play date for the most part, you know, like, so things, things don't affect you quite as much as when you're older. Like if an adult is a weirdo, you don't have coffee with them. If a kid is a weirdo, they still come over, you know? So I think that's a benefit. But then also if you're like, my parents were nice people and people like them and everything. So because of that, they had friends. And if their friends had kids, then I just automatically had those people as friends, whether I whether we would have chosen each other or not, it doesn't matter. And so a lot of my friends did come from that when I was quite young, until I was until I was really high school age, maybe. Yeah. So I guess in my experience at least, a large part of part of the reason it was easier is just because like you're born into a community, your family, your church, whatever it is. And then that community accepts you automatically. And whoever is the same age as you, at least two of them are your friends. <laughs> like, you didn't have to choose each other. You didn't have to have similar interests, anything like that. You just exist in the same place. What's your experience? Yeah, so my experience is a little bit different than Sari's um, in the sense that I had, well, I guess maybe it's the same in a sense. That, like, you are just like, born into community or whatever. Um, I had the fortunate of being in the same uh, house and location from, like, uh, I would say like elementary school, like uh, like midway through elementary school, through all the way through high school. So I was able to grow up with the same people and go to the same communities. Obviously, you would have friends who would like come and go, people move and stuff like that, of the, things of that nature. But I always had the same group of people for the most part. So I was able to like learn, grow, and like kind of create these like really in depth and well meaning friendships over those course of those over the course of that time period. But at least for me, like I had, since I had the fortunate of be going to elementary school in the same place, um, those kids, like the kids in elementary school, are just so accepting and just want to be your friends in a sense. I mean, like at least that was me, my experience. Um, not everyone has the same experience. I acknowledge that. But when I started at my elementary school, my elementary school, it was um, just it was a new school, um, so like everyone was still getting adjusted and everyone was new in a sense. So it wasn't like the backdropping of like me hopping into a new school um so it was really nice 
in a sense of just being able to like grow and like kind of make friends off the bat um, and then continue these friendships with them because these kids are just everyone wants to make friends everyone wanted that community um so you can kind of like meet someone and be like hey do you want to share like these uh what's it called goldfish covered in sand which is a true story um and we would eat them together um and then you're friends so like it was just a different kind of um relationship that i had back then that like if someone offered me goldfish covered in sand now i'd be like uh you're kind of weird um but i think it's just one of those like things that can only be that only happen with friendship and with sorry one of those things that only happens um when you're younger um but on that note i think that kind of these little intro topics kind of lead us to our verse of the verse of the podcast verse of the day yeah something like that verse of the podcast we'll call it this one is coming from first timothy chapter 4 verse 12 don't and it says don't let anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for believers in speech in speech in conduct in love in faith and in purity um me and Sarah really like this verse, um, just because we feel like when you are younger, you kind of have a lot of these attributes already, especially if you're like in elementary school-ish grade or like younger than that, where like you're just so, you have these like aspects of like just being in love and faith and purity, um, just because of like your lack of experience and naivety, 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 thank you. Um, just because your naivety, um, you have, you don't have, like, this, this battle wound of the world, so it makes it a little bit easier to create these friendships. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, for context, that verse is, um, some, um, it's being written to a person who's kind of in leadership in the church, but he's relatively young, not a child, actually, but younger than other people. And it's just encouraging that, like, even though this person is younger, they're still in this position and they have, there are things about them that are beneficial. And if anything, your youth can add to, can add to your qualities and can make you more capable and, like, pure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a young person, a young person's speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity can be more faithful and pure because they're not yet tarnished by things which may happen to them in the future um yeah so like i guess really really we're asking the question from our own perspective which is good but also like for people who are currently kids it's really a blessing to to be young and to still be around peers whose minds are pretty opened and are ready to just understand other people and make friends pretty easily so that's it's really nice from that perspective like i'm happy for them i know there are of course difficulties that come with childhood but it is a time when relationships come easier and for young people who do have those relationships it's really valuable to keep them if it's possible because those can develop into meaningful relationships but then from our perspective as people where it's too late now and we're looking back um we can look back and like be be proud and be happy about who we were when you were young and try to reclaim any part of that that was beneficial, you know, like probably when I was younger, I was, I was um, maybe less clever and more naive, but also like less assuming the worst of people, you know, and if somebody 
tricked me once, I wouldn't automatically be like, oh, I'd never, never want to see that person again. Where now I probably would immediately shut that door. But, you know, I may have been right then. I may have been right to give people a second chance because there are relationships I developed then that I still have now. And if I had had the same standards that I have now, I never would have had those relationships. So maybe a little childlike openness is good for you. Definitely. I think it's one of those things that it's tricky for adults to kind of like reset that relationship, that mentality in their brain in a sense. Um, Another thing I kind of want to mention is that like when you were a child, you had these group of people that you were with. For example, for my example, when I was elementary school, I had these like friends um, who I just originally met and Sari was mentioning um, that um, she had these church friends or like these community friends that your parents, people that your parents are in relationship with. But in a sense, like these are like your only friends you can make. Um, mm-hmm. Especially for me and Sari growing up, um, we did not really grow up with computers or anything of that nature. Well, kind of. Um, Controlling like, parents. <laughs> yes, parents limited your exposure. Um, so in a sense, like the friends you had are just friends, the people that you can make who are close in close proximity to you, you can't make friends externally to that. Um, so due to that, it was just so much easier to make these friends uh, because these are the people you have access to. These are the people, like, you don't make somehow make a friend within this group that is within your like, little realm, then, like, who else will you be able to be in contact with except yourself, in a sense? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Kids' lives are fundamentally different than adults, and I think when we grow up and have jobs and stuff, we kind of forget what it was like. But there was a time when you couldn't make any choices for yourself. You couldn't decide like, oh, you know, I don't want to eat macaroni for lunch. I want to drive down the street and get something else. Or, you know, I want to get a, get different groceries or whatever. And in that same way, like, if kids know a dozen people and talk to them often, they don't have any real concept that there exist other people in the world who they could have been friends with. They only know the people they know. And even if they wanted something else, they don't have the choice. And so there's a kind of, like, we look at that with nostalgia, like, oh, it was so much simpler. And it was simpler, but also it was more limited, which is fine, you know. But that limitation um, provides kind of a safety net of, like, all of all those kids in your elementary class or whatever, all of them are limited to that class. And so all of them make friends within that group, because what other choice do they have? And I think the options as an adult, in a way, are good, because, you know, if I want to get... If I want to make coffee friends from that weird edgy coffee shop or from the super cutesy one, you have both choices. But also, you have so many choices, you might do nothing. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, for each one of these points of like how it was better when we were kids, we're going to try to add like a, but there's still hope kind of at the end because we don't want to be too negative. Yes. Um, so yeah, for this one, there's still hope. Like, um, <laughs> you may not have the limitations imposed as a child, which cause you and your friends to have no other choices and automatically be friends with each other. But you do have choices. So you can go places where you think you might 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 meet like-minded people or do something interesting and you know, that could be an opportunity for you to find those people again. Yes. Most likely those people who are in these organizations will probably continuously go over and over and over again. Kind of like when you're in school and like you met your same classmates over and over and over again in the same class. If they really like this organization and they're committed to it, um, they're going to keep going back to it. And then through exposure, through constantly being there over and over again, eventually, I think we mentioned this before, but someone, the extrovert will find you. 
Um, or like maybe someone wants to casually check up a conversation. Maybe um, I recently went to an event and like I had a I met someone there because a fly flew into her eye, um, and she was freaking out and it, it did come out eventually. Um, but like that, like if the conversations are meant to happen, they they will happen somehow. Um, so just going to these events and like constantly showing up as we. I guess our past podcast episode was called, um, is a way to kind of rekindle these like childlike friendships that you made in the past. Also, staying off your phone, <laughs> yeah. being there is going to make a big difference because I know I know it's hard for all of us. Admittedly, I'm at fault as well. Um, but if you want to go to these events and like kind of rekindle this like childlike thing, think of when you were a kid and you probably weren't actively using. A phone or reading a book or anything like that when you class like it's when it's opportunities when you look like you're free and available to talk or when people talk to you um so kind of like show that you're interested in you know just talking or creating discussions and then eventually the people will come to you or maybe yeah. you will go to the people yeah that's that's a really good um that's a really good point also like staying off your phone it's good to be in the same place over and over because that's how you make friends. Yeah, that's great. I mean, kids do that automatically because they don't have a choice, but we can choose to do that as well. But then also when you're there, stay off your phone or don't, I mean, puzzles are cool, but wait till you're alone and <laughs> that kind of thing, you know? Um, and I didn't think of that until hearing you say it, but that's true too. Like, you know, when I was in third grade, first of all, I didn't have a phone, but if I'd had a phone, I wouldn't have been allowed to be playing with it during school or whatever. And so that's a forced opportunity to, interact as well and I remember like until I was kind of old I don't know fifth or sixth grade my friends and I used to like tend to be animals and run around on all fours and be crazy mm -hmm. but like if we were play had a tablet we'd be doing that instead so put the tablet away it's fun do something um okay so more answers to the question why did it used to be easier to make friends I think another reason is uh Kids are more open. And when, we were, when we were talking about the planning of this episode, I, I was cynical and said they're more naive, but whichever phrasing you prefer, open or naive. Um, yeah, kids, kids don't know things. They don't have life experiences. Like when I was in second grade and had all the friends that I just had without trying, I didn't know anything. I didn't know it was good to have friends. I didn't know I was enjoying myself. I didn't have any real context. And when someone else popped into the world, I was naively accepting of that person. Just like, oh, look, there's another person now. You know, it wasn't until maybe late middle school that I had any idea of like, you know, this is my group and I don't want more people or whatever. Because kids don't mm -hmm. think like that. They're open. They're open minded. Yeah. On that note as well, like um, me and my sister, we were extreme extroverts as a kid. I would say it's reduced quite a bit now. Um, but like we were, my mom has a story of like when we were younger and like we were in a children's hospital. Um, I don't know why we were there. Don't have the context for that portion of the story, but we were in the children's hospital and we were like on the floor and my mom was like, yeah, like you and your sister like walked around to like each room and you were singing like the Barney, like I love you song <laughs> quite loudly. And then like, we kept them like going to every floor, like to every kid's door, like we were like singing it while walking down the hallway. So like, kind of like corral the rest of the kids to sing with us and eventually the entirety of I guess the floor was singing like Barney's I Love You song with us um and my mom's really remembers the story quite well 
Um, and I'm pretty sure the people who at the hospital that day will probably remember the story quite well as well because that's annoying for them. But it's like the naivety of kids. Like you're so open to new things, new experiences, new opportunities to sing Barney's I Love You song. Um, that like you're just willing to try, like open and willing to try these things because like maybe we made friends from that experience. Maybe we didn't. I don't know because I don't have any memory of the story. Um, but like it's, it's fun in a sense being a kid because like you have so many opportunities to try these new things without, as Sari was mentioning, like you're kind of an extension of your parents in a sense of like the, oh, like they probably just assumed that me and my sister are super extroverted because our parents, well, I guess our parents like kind of did, our parents allowed us to be extroverted. Um, so they like, allowed us to like have, have these opportunities of like going around and singing at hospitals, um, <laughs> at hospitals, at that hospital. Um, but still it was, it was a very unique thing. And I think that's one of those things of like, we take for granted as being kids about how willing and open we are to try new experiences and new things um, and how those opportunities can lead to friendships. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, That made me think when I was little, I was never extroverted, but when I was little, my brother used to, but he would eat out even when he was like very young, he was independent. So he wanted to sit at his own table and like prepare his own plate to prove that he was a grown up. Anyways, so he would do that, and he sit at his own table, but then sometimes he would just, like, get up and talk to the table next to him, and he would be really friendly and excited, and like, hello, sir, what are you doing today? And this is, like, random five-year-old is having a conversation, and it was kind of adorable, and supposedly a lot of people thought it was cute. Some people did not love it. Some <laughs> people thought it was cute. And it's like, it is, kids do have that, like, everything's new. They don't really have a concept of, like, boundaries like that. But I mean, without boundaries, look how much you can do. Like, how many more friends could we have if we didn't have those boundaries? Anyway, yes. you were making a There Is Still Hope point, sorry. Yeah, so the There Is Still Hope a note for adult adulting um, is that, honestly, it, in order to get to that point again of, like, the whimsicalness that you were from your childhood when you had these fun and open opportunities is, in a sense, coming over our own pride or embarrassment, or whatever is kind of restricting you in your brain. Um, I will say I've seen videos online of, like, people, like, lying in the street in a busy sidewalk in the middle of the day just to overcome their anxiety and embarrassment. I would not recommend that, necessarily. Actually, I wouldn't recommend it at all, because it's very dangerous for multiple reasons. But I would say there's a certain level of, like, us restricting ourselves um, because we don't want to we kind of expose ourselves to this potential embarrassment in a sense. Um, so we can we kind of overcome that ish, that that barrier, however you need to. Um, I think that leads to this um, sense of kind of uh, naivety that we kind of like long for, and um, when we're like kind of trying to form these relationships. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of brings you back to the Bible verse of like, naivety can be kind of beautiful in the right context. I mean, don't, don't do anything dangerous. Maybe don't lay on public sidewalks. <laughs> but um, naivety can be kind of beautiful. And it is sad that we forget it. Uh, I had a cousin who's significantly younger, like five or six years younger than me. But he was so much fun to hang around with. Because even when he was like 16 years old, he still had that kind of childlike fun you know and he was totally smart it's not like he didn't know people would be rude or whatever he just didn't care and we'd go like downtown sometimes 
and you know, we're both too young to really do anything that people would usually consider fun. But I'd go out with him and we'd, there'd be live music and he would just like dance in public, not very well, the wrong style, <laughs> just like in public. But we'd get ice cream and he got like the little kid flavor, which is embarrassing because people stare at you, stuff like that all the time. And it was so fun to do things with him because no matter what you do, it's just fun. Like, who cares what people think? Do the thing you want to do. And it, was, it just makes life a lot more fun. And the truth is, there's no real consequence. I mean, as long as you're not doing anything harmful. If it's just something that's naively open and interesting and not hurting anyone, the worst thing that'll happen is someone will keep you funny. But it's actually pretty fun in the end. Yes. Um, okay, so more reasons that it was easier to make friends when you were younger. I think another reason is, like, the world shapes and changes us. And I mean, there's a couple ways to look at this. One way is like people have friend trauma and they have a, they have a hard time making friends. It changes the way they make friends. Another way is like the world just literally has requirements. Like when you see someone, you have to say good morning. When you leave, you have to say goodbye. You know, when you're if you're a business person, you have to shake hands. There's rules like that that little kids aren't really fully aware of. And so when you're little and you're not fully aware of those rules. Um, they don't get in the way of meeting new people. If you see another kid and you don't say good morning to him, he's not going to be like, oh, you don't like me, we can't be friends. But if you do that to an adult, they might think you're rude, for example. Um, but then there's also the trauma aspect. Maybe I'll I'll jump that one to you. Yeah, so like when you're a kid, well, this, once again, this experience, this my saying here is not um, conducive to everyone. But for I would say for a lot of little kids, you don't have like this like mind altering amount of trauma that prevents you from wanting to create friendships. Um, I would say that when you're a kid, you kind of are like kind of open to new opportunities and you want to try new things. You want to make friends because like you're told that making friends is good and like you can see like how having friends betters relationships and stuff like that. But as you grow older and as you go through friendships, and sometimes you have a friendship that ends or like you get horribly abused in it, or, like, there's a bunch of different factors of how friendships can go haywire, um, then you start to become more, kind of, like, as Sari was saying, you become reshaped by these friendships, in a sense, about who you choose to become friends with, and, like, why you choose to become friends with these people. Um, yeah, so some of, for some people, like, you have these really traumatic experiences, and they kind of affect how you choose to make friendships, um, and due to that, like, you become, like, you know, like, oh, if I hang out with said and said person or said and said type of people, um, my, like, I become, like, a, as I become worse as a person or I become, like, less trusting or, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, but when you're a kid, you don't know these things yet. And there's some good and some bad to be said about those things. Like, you, I guess, I guess parents um, want to protect their kids from these traumas and dangers, but, like, that's, you know, part of the experience of life. But on the other hand, those experiences do reshape you, so, like, that childlike na na nativity, this is Sen's struggle words of the day, um, that child childlike nativity, um, kind of dwindles till it's eventually gone, or, like, dwindles quite a bit, or eventually gone completely, Kind of like how I was mentioning, like, me and my sister were, like, extreme extroverts when we were kids. I will not say the same about myself anymore. 
Um, and there was a time period that I became very recluse and, like, avoidant of everyone. I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast episode. But, like, I was the one who was... I was the one who was toxic. I was the one who cut everyone out of my life. Uh, and that's, like, the exact opposite of, like, what my personality wants. Like, I want to be around people. I want to talk. I want to have these conversations. But, like, because I was I was the problem, um, I kind of ended up in this, like, very opposite situation. Um, and, like, a portion of that was trauma and, like, me trying to protect myself and protect my peace, as I guess people would say. But in the end, me protecting my peace led me to be in this, be, led me to be in a situation that, like, I had no one, essentially. Well, I couldn't say I had no one. I saw some people, but I didn't consider them close at that point. Um, and, like, that required a lot of reworking. But I think that that childlike openness, the 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 not fearing about, like, making relationships with other kids because you don't have a prior assumption about them helps quite a bit in terms of making those new friendships. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say I have a similar experience to sense. Like, definitely I was reshaped by my experiences. Like, I was always a quiet, kind of shy kid. Like, I'm still kind of shy. I was always like that. But when I was a kid, I was a lot more authentic. And I was strange. <laughs> I started using big words at, like, four years old. I started calling people frustrating and using, you know, big words and being kind of weird. Like little kids don't usually do that. And I was like, um, you know, like I said, I was fun. I played around on the floor with my friends, but I also would like, you know, talk about books seriously and do weird things that people were interested in. Or like people would ask a question and I would answer a different question kind of on purpose. I don't know why I did that, but anyway, <laughs> I would do things like that. Um, but you change those things over time and stop doing them because you get negative reactions from them and so you learn like oh people don't like that I'm not going to do it anymore I think that's a mixed bag because to some degree other people's reactions are a good indicator of whether you're being appropriate or not but that's not always true sometimes people react negatively because you're being inappropriate and you need to learn like oh that's inappropriate I shouldn't do that but other times people are reacting badly just because they're not used to it and so maybe as an adult the discernment of like learning what's something like of the things people don't like or the things I feel uncomfortable doing do you feel uncomfortable doing it because it's actually not beneficial for others or because someone might look at you funny you know and if it's just because someone might look at you funny I would say try to be authentic that's not the end of the world and some of those things I did as a kid I think after I started to develop a really solid friend group with San and our close friends I kind of felt like I could start leading back into those things and being more authentic and then after that, I think I just kind of kept doing it because I was like, I mean, I have friends who care about me. I get to mostly be who I want to be. And I'm tired of being what people expect of me for years and years and years. Not that that's inherently wrong, but I don't think you gain a lot for that. You give up the naivety of childhood and the openness and the connection for what? For not getting in trouble, but like there are better ways to not get in trouble. Yeah. I agree. Sure. Yes. I would also like to make the correction that I'm pretty sure I've been saying nativity this entire podcast instead of nativity. So please forgive me, all you grammar people out there, because I just can't pronounce words. So. Yeah. So my experience is the world definitely reshapes you. And I've even had people like literally say, well, I don't know if they've said, I want you to be reshaped, but I've had people say that to me but in different words like 
you should be different, <laughs> like just like that, which is not a very nice thing to hear. But um, the older I get, the more I think like not everyone means well when they say that. And some people really are just whatever. They have some own pro their own problem and they're projecting it on you. But I think since a lot of people here are adults and you no longer have the, the naivety that God gave you, you have to sort of decide for yourself. Who am I? Who do I want to be? What parts of my natural core self do I want to express with other people? And what parts are maybe left better in childhood? And um, take the risk of being authentic and, and say, like, that thing that I used to do where I would say funny words that people don't know what they mean, do it anyway. Like, it's part of you. It's funny. People won't hate you for it. And uh, yeah, just like the world reshapes you, yes. But you are also an individual who has control over your own life and can reshape yourself. And you can say like, this change has been made to me, but do I want to keep that change? And you can decide that for yourself. Totally agree, Lucere. It's I, I think it's kind of one of those cells that'll be really hard to overcome in terms of being authentically yourself yeah. in a sense. Um, there will probably be some potential actual loss of friendships um, because of it, because people don't want that version of you necessarily. The version of Sari that uses the big words, or the version of me who, before it was cool, um, was a huge, is was and still is a huge anime watcher. Um, now I know it's cool now, so I can't say anything. But back in the day, it wasn't. Um, but due to you choosing to express these aspects of yourself, um, there might be some people who are like, I don't want to be friends with this version of you because I don't like it. And that's fair. People can choose to... It is okay for some people to walk away from a friendship. It's going to suck. It's going to hurt. It might lead to some trauma. But the, the people who walk away also leave a space for someone new to come in. Um, and that's a good way, I guess, a way of, of perceiving it. Of One lost friendship leads to, may lead to another really, really great one. Um, of someone who does accept you for the way you are. Um, so... In the meantime, while you're still figuring out, um, you should decide how you want to be shaped, how you want the, these experiences, these traumas to affect you, and how you want uh, to go about it. Because like you can't change how you feel emotionally about something, but you can definitely change how you react to it. Um, so if you're like Cynthia and you choose to react to it by closing off, don't. <laughs> That's a horrible idea. Um, but if you choose to accept it and then continue moving forward with it, of just like knowing this happened to me, this trauma, whatever, but I'm going to choose to continue loving others, continue to trust people. You might get hurt. <laughs> so as the Bible says, like if your brother slaps you seven times, 70 times, you should, you should just turn the other cheek and like continue to get slapped. Um, but like they say that in a sense of like, Showing forgiveness, I mean, this is specifically for people who are Christian and kind of understand the context of why. But, like, just knowing that, like, maybe on the seven billionth time of getting slapped, it will hurt a little bit less, or like you get used to it, or like you find people who don't slap you. <laughs> but, like, it's these little, little things that kind of allow you to regain, or like, step closer to that childlike friendship that you want kind of are seeking yeah yeah i agree 
Yeah, I think, like, I guess we're assuming you want to have childlike friendships, but assuming that you want that, that you want to have just open and honest relationships with people, you really have to be who you are. And I know, like, the world changes people, and sometimes it changes them for the worse. And so it's hard to be who you are. It's hard to un undo that change. But at the same time, like, the more you conceal about yourself, the more difficult it will be to really have relationships. And I know some people who conceal a lot about themselves and have a lot of relationships. But if you ask them, like, who's your best friend? It's probably their sister. It's probably none of those people who they see all the time and say that they love them. Because you can have a lot of shallow relationships with people who don't know you. None of them will know you. <laughs> so, like, don't you want someone to know you? Wouldn't it be better? Like, I guess everyone's different. But for me personally, I would rather have four very close friends and not have a million people ready to come to a party than to have a bunch of people, but none of them actually know me. I guess that's a preference thing. But I feel like kids, they just naturally start off with, they don't know how to hide who they are. They're not able to do it. And so they are who they are. Either you like them or you don't. And and not that adults should be as uh, uh, strange as children. I mean, you should grow up a little bit. Like there's some there's something healthy about that. Try to be who you are. Try to be authentic, even though it comes with risks sometimes. Try to let people be friends with you, not the version of you that they can accept. Anyway, this is one that I personally have experienced quite a lot because uh, I I was told to change quite a lot by the time I around middle school age. People kept telling me, "Hey, Sarah, you should change that thing about yourself," and I did for a while until I was like, "No, I don't really like this anymore," and I stopped. <laughs> but um yeah so i don't know i don't i think it's healthier like that's what i was making there so, yeah uh the world reshapes you that's true but ultimately you you decide how you are shaped and ultimately the consequences of your choices come to you not all those people who gave you advice so do what you can live with or other people can do it. Yeah, so I guess that will kind of conclude today's podcast episode. We, uh, just as a quick summary, as you do in school, um, we just discussed about childhood friendships and like that little little sparkle that you get in your eye when you remember them, um, and how like if they come from you being naive and like you not having these world life experiences that cause you trauma or like. Just kids being more open to and willing to make friendships and how as adults we can kind of, I mean, not fully get to that point again, but like we can make steps to get to that point. Um, it will be hard and I wouldn't say that me and Sari are perfect at it by any means, but we do take active steps every day to get to that point again, um, I would say, because um, I think we just want, in the end, like we want. We want friends. This is what this podcast is all about. It's about friendship. Um, so we take these little steps. And although sometimes they don't always end the way they wanted to, um, I think every step is a step closer. Uh, even if it's like a, a fraction of a step, you will get to where you're looking for eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So in conclusion, it was in fact easier to make friends when you're a child. You didn't just imagine that. <laughs> yes. And uh, you know, take steps. It's there is some hope. Hopefully, you can get back there at least to some degree. And we're trying. And uh, 
Alrighty, so once again, you have been listening to Lonely People, a friendship podcast. I am Sen. I am Sari. Thank you for listening. If you like what we're talking about, feel free to like, comment, subscribe, do all the things. Um, And we'll catch you again in the next episode.